Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app i'm ross tucker former nfl offensive lineman then again it's the ross tucker football podcast so i would think that you would already know that i got a bunch of podcasts we'll do the college draft this morning as well fantasy feast even money andrew brandt does the business of sports all of them going up all of them getting more subscribers on our new youtube channel as well youtube.com Slash Ross Tucker NFL. You can find me on all the other social media platforms at Ross Tucker NFL. And please don't miss out on the great work from intern Casey at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter and IG, as the kids say. She is unbelievable. We'll get to a spread the word winner and a sponsor confirmation email winner a little bit later in the week. You guys know what those contests are all about. It's about us giving back and rewarding those of you that help us out a little bit, help to grow the little engine that could, which is our podcast business, RT Media. So excited for today's guest because everyone's talking about training camp protocols. Everyone's talking about Cam Newton's health, coronavirus. What are we going to do for training camp? Less preseason games, less guys on the roster. Why don't we talk to the foremost expert in the NFL media medical community, Dr. David Chow, longtime Chargers team orthopedic surgeon. Now he's all over social media at Pro Football Doc and his website, profootballdoc.com. He is today's big show. The Big Show. Dr. Chow, it is always good to talk with you, and I think this is our first time actually getting a chance to see you. Thanks for so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Boy, you are big time in fancy now. I feel like, uh, you know, I'm from home right now, kids, quarantine, da-da-da, and I was like, I feel like uh, I need to go run to my office and get my one-game ball and put it behind my head. And, <laughs> and, uh, right. you, what, what did you get a game ball for? Uh, good question. Uh, uh, the uh, there were oftentimes, for example, in 2004, when we 
the San Diego Chargers won its first AFC West championship in forever. Uh, you know, they said everyone gets a game ball, but that everyone did not include the team physicians. Uh, <laughs> and we're, we're on the original email list and da 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 da. So there have been four or five occasions where everyone gets a game ball, but I have not never got the tag along. But uh, towards the end of the career, the uh, athletic trainers uh, made sure to give a game ball, and it was kind of a lifetime achievement award. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> one of those. So it wasn't really for a game per se. Well, I think it's awesome. I think you deserve it. I thought maybe it was when you had Rivers playing through the torn ACL in that uh, in that playoff game. I know you end up losing to the Patriots a little bit later. Speaking of quarterbacks and injuries, that's where I want to start, Dr. Chow. Cam Newton, your level of confidence, because all anybody talks about is if he's healthy, if he's healthy, if he's healthy. What is your level of confidence that Cam Newton will be 100% healthy starting training camp for the New England Patriots? Well, let me redefine the 100%. Uh, is any 31-year-old football player who's had two shoulder surgeries in the last two years and a foot surgery – plus the accumulation of injuries of the game, ever 100%. And I have to say the answer to that question is no, uh, because he's no longer a new car. He's a used car. But with that, he's someone who I think should be healthy. That's why he was delayed in the signing with the pandemic, no physicals. The shoulder thing should be behind him. But more importantly, I don't think the footless Frank was major and so he should time out to be healthy. I've been on the optimistic side compared to everything else I've seen in the media. So a couple questions there. One is, I remember you saying last year, I think we had you on, and you felt like Cam could have played through the foot injury uh, or, or that there was a possibility of it, and then you were a little surprised that he took so long to have surgery. I don't want to put words in your mouth. So Clint, refresh my memory on what you said about Cam's foot last season. Well, there was at different times. I thought he would be able to come back and indeed he did, but he then didn't feel like he was himself. And then they shut it down and they still didn't do immediate surgery. And they waited till December to do the surgery. To me, from the outside, the simple not true explanation is, oh my gosh, the Carolina Panthers doctors and or Cam Newton doctors missed it. He should have had surgery all along. The reality is not that. It's the reality is it was a mildless Frank that continued to bother him that he that everyone thought would get better with time. And they finally said, enough is enough. Come December, if we don't have surgery now, he's not going to be ready for the next season. Thus, the surgery in December. So it was a mild variety list, Frank. And quite honestly, if it were, you mentioned Philip Rivers, um, I guess I shouldn't say what he has or hasn't had in the past uh, because of HIPAA. I, if I, if I texted at time to text me, cleared it, I'd talk about it, but I don't want to talk about specifics without permission for players, but other quarterbacks like Philip Rivers may indeed be able to play through the injury that Cam had. Not because Philip Rivers is, oh my gosh, so tough and Cam Newton is soft, but they are different types of players, right? Cam needs to be mobile to be effective, at least so far in his career, and he's so athletic, he didn't feel right. Whereas Philip 
is a little bit of a Clydesdale. Love you, Philip. Uh, you know, even with his ACL, so it doesn't affect his game as much, and that's kind of explained some of my position. But Ross, if you'll f- forgive me for a second, I try and stay in my football lane, uh, medical lane. But to me, believing that Cam Newton is healthy and going to be healthy and ready to go. What this tells me from a football sense, and I hope you don't kill me for jumping out of my medical lane, but because I think he's ready to go, what this tells me is all this speculation on the Patriots' tank for Trevor is out the window. They're clearly trying to win this year, and that's what it tells me. Now, it doesn't mean that Cam Newton is for sure the starter, He could be. It still could be Jared Siddham. But Bill Belichick is going to utilize Cam Newton, either in a starting role, in a special package Wildcat role, or some other creative way. Remember, other coaches and other quarterbacks, quarterbacks really almost one of the few positions left, offensive line to some extent too, where you play the whole game. Running backs by committees, specialty tight ends, Deep rush ends, cover linebackers, everything, dime packages. Football quarterbacks are sacrosanct, but I guess I'm thinking under Bill Belichick they won't be. Remember many years ago at the end of Tim Tebow's career, Bill brought him in and wanted to do some special packages. So let's not forget that. And I think he's, he's going to have some tricks up his sleeve. Shocker to everybody. So last question on Cam is this. Because there's so much excitement about him going to New England and what he might do there. And you just talked about it a little bit. If the Carolina Panthers thought that Cam could be the guy he was in 2015 or even in the first half of 2018, if they thought he'd come back and be fully healthy and perform at a high level, wouldn't they have just kept him this year? I mean, $18 million, last year of his contract, none guaranteed, no obligation for next year, a new head coach. That's the one thing that jumps out to me. Rather than just giving Cam this year and seeing what he could do with a new head coach in his first year, instead they just cut him and signed Teddy Bridgewater for $21 million a year and $33 million guaranteed. It, it, it feels to me, Doc, like at a minimum – the Carolina Panthers aren't aren't buying into the hundred percent healthy thing. Well, certainly that's a reasonable theory, and it could be health. And who would know their health better than their team doctor? And you know, uh, their former team doctor is the one who did the surgery. Uh, and so I'm sure there's good communications re- related to the foot. Um, yeah, that's a plausible theory, but I think there are other plausible theories. Ross, uh, you know how it is in your long NFL career. Uh, whether it was a position coach or a head coach, sometimes you were just somebody's guy, and sometimes you just weren't. And uh, sometimes your time runs up, runs up. You know, it's a new regime, new ownership, new head coach. And, you know, that new regime with new ownership jettis- also jettisoned Ron Rivera, who quickly had a market for a new job uh, as a head coach and well-paid. So I don't know if it was just health, but I think it's just – changing of the guards in just time. Let's get into the coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever we're calling it, and the sport of football. 
I've been following your tweets at Pro Football Doc. I've been talking with you about this. I'm going to start with a blank slate regarding your thoughts on, in particular, pro football, but the sport of football and the coronavirus and whether or not the two can live with each other. Well, you know, um, depends on how, right? I mean, uh, live with each other. Uh, I'll, I'll start this with a headline, and and it's clearly not clickbait since we're not, you know, posting something or whatever. But I would say that it is more likely for an NFL player or coach to get coronavirus inside the facility during the six days of the week than on Sunday when they play a game. The second statement I'll say, it is more likely or more risky potentially for a player or coach to contract coronavirus outside of the facility, away from the facility, in the afternoons, evenings, or mornings than it is inside the facility because inside the facility, everyone's tested and everyone's on lockdown and there's precautions. So that's sort of the opening statement, but we can go from there and there's so many different facets of this that I would love to get into. Well, why don't you explain that? Because a lot of people explain why you said what you just said, because a lot of people look at it and say, well, you're supposed to stay six feet apart. You're supposed to social distance. How can you social distance when you're tackling or blocking? Great point. And let me try and explain. It's about viral load. First of all, you introduced me correctly. I was the orthopedic surgeon. I was a head team physician. So as a head team physician, I would have my fingers involved in other things. And in a coronavirus crisis, I would be involved. But I'm not the N-word. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not an infectious disease specialist. But in terms of sports medicine and directing teams and following it in this media role, I think I have some experience to interpret what's going on. So that's where I come from. So viral load is a concept that your listeners Head coaches, John Harbaugh and others should learn, and players. What it means is this. Um, it's not one virus that floats around in the air, aerosolized or not, that you inhale or, or come in contact with, and now you get sick with COVID-19. It's a viral load accumulation, rough estimate. Let's say every time you're speaking and you're within six feet of someone, you spew out 30, 40, who knows, 50 viruses into the air. And if we're in the same room, you may absorb some of them. But let's say, and these are not exact numbers, it's for example, it takes 100 viruses to get you sick. Well, you don't get the viral load. So this is why it's not about dodging people down grocery store aisles. It's about perhaps a church service or a meeting where you're sitting next to someone for a prolonged period of time. This is why the CDC recommendation for contact tracing is only if you're within six feet of someone else who gets coronavirus for a period of 15 minutes or longer. Not one minute, not two minutes, but 15 minutes. It's not magic. It's not like if you're 14 minutes with someone, you're not going to get it. And magically on the 15th or 16th minute, you're going to get it. And it's, is it possible to get it at one minute? It's possible, but not as likely as the viral load. And coming off this July 4th weekend, I would say 
It's like walking outside in the hot sun. If you walk outside in the hot sun without sunscreen on, without a mask on, so to speak, call it a mask sunscreen, and you catch the rays of the sun, you're not going to be sunburned by walking to your car or walking out to the beach and then applying sunscreen. You're going to get sunburned after a prolonged period of time. Now, everyone's different. Fair-skinned people might get sunburned more quickly. Uh, darker complexions than myself would get sunburned more slowly. That's human differences. But you're not going to get sunburned within three minutes of walking out into the sun, even if it's high noon. So it's called viral load, just like exposure to the sun. That's why tackling someone instantaneously isn't, in theory, supposed to do that which is I made an earlier statement on Twitter that people have sort of jumped on me for that I'm glad to have a chance to explain. I said, yeah, you're potentially more likely to get coronavirus in the offensive huddle if you huddle in the traditional fashion than you are playing the game. Certainly a wide receiver and a DB are not within 15 minutes, six feet of each other for 15 minutes across the three-hour game. You, Ross, and the nose tackle or D lineman might be, depending on how many audibles and what have you, we'll see in terms of being six feet from each other, 15 minutes. In offensive huddle, you, you probably are. So that's where it is. It's based on viral load, and hopefully that made some sense. It absolutely did. So that leads to... Some of the other questions, some of the other reports that are out there, including removing the preseason games. I want to get your thoughts. Right now, the NFL reportedly is willing to knock it down to two. The NFLPA wants zero. What are your thoughts on the preseason games? Well, I've said for a month or so that the NFL was going to get rid of two of the preseason games. And it just made sense to me. They were going to get rid of preseason game one because there's not enough time without an off-season program and mini camps and acclimation. So they're worried about injuries and soft tissue injuries. So week one was going to be gone. I also predicted that week four would be gone. Why? First of all, the window to play week four is Thursday to Sunday. And everyone plays it on Thursday to get the few extra days before the first, quote, real game. And if you were to contract coronavirus in the fourth game, 10 days is probably not enough. You're going to end up missing week one. And everyone in the league looks at week one as the big target. So to me, it was predictable week one and four, the elite league's recommendation. Now, I understand from the player's perspective, why do preseason games? Heck, you don't even get paid for preseason games, right? I mean, so why do it? The revenue is not huge for the league. It won't affect the salary cap. But here's why I believe the league wants to play two preseason games and in some ways needs to play two preseason games. You got to have a dry run. Do you ever have a Broadway show open without a dress rehearsal? Well, there are a lot of new protocols. How you arrive at the stadium, the locker rooms at the stadiums, where the referees are, the, the chain gang, the, the, the mechanics, the, the sideline protocols. You got to kind of work through it. And why do you need two games? Because you need a home game and an away game so that all 32 stadiums can have one dry run. Now, can you say, can we fake the dry run? Maybe. But also players and coaches need the dry run of how to travel differently, how to stay in hotels differently, what to be prepared for. So I think that's why the league is pushing for two preseason games. But I get why the Players Association doesn't want any. And who knows, in the end, the compromise might be a modified preseason game two and three. Maybe you only play a half. 
you know, so that you reduce the exposure if they're worried about exposure. But I think that's why they're pushing for games two and three. And by the way, if that happens, there's four teams that have two home games and four teams that have two away games. That would switch. The, the NFL would, would nush that, I'm sure. Two thoughts on the preseason games I want to throw out there and get your opinion on. Number one, the acclimation, and I've seen what the players' uh, request is of 21 days of strength training and conditioning. And, look, I don't know what these guys were doing in March, April, May, Dr. Chow. I don't know what guys had access to what. The only thing I would say is there's typically already six weeks between the end of the off-season training program and training camp. So a lot of guys can do a lot of different things during those six weeks. Some guys would come back really out of shape. Some guys would come back in the best shape ever. So this idea of the longer ramp-up and acclimation, I don't, I don't find it as important as others do because the players already had six weeks on their own before training camp starts. That's number one. Number two... As you know, the first and fourth preseason games, no starters play in those games. None. Like, if they're going to play, they play in the second and third ones. So the guys that play in the first and fourth, it's the bottom 50 guys on the roster. And those guys already didn't have OTAs or mini camps. They won't have joint practices. They need every opportunity they get. I don't understand why they don't just – play the first and fourth preseason games, we already know who it's going to be. It's not gonna, I mean, the Stars don't even need to put their, their their helmet and shoulder pads on. I think, like, I, I mean, I understand why they're doing it. I just think it's unnecessary, especially if you ask those 50 guys and they'd all say, I'll play, I'll play. I need that. I need those reps. I need that film. I need it. I'll play. Yeah, and you bring up a good point, but, Ross, we know this. I mean, if you look at my kids, they're still young, but – if they have homework that the teacher isn't grading, they're probably not that apt to want to do it, right? Uh, if players aren't getting paid for the preseason games, do they really want to play? I mean, the veterans. I get the rookies. They want to make the team. But the NFLPA is not about the rookies that may not make the team. Why? Look, the PA is now saying maybe we only want a maximum of 80 people, not 90, on the roster to make social distancing work. So they're jettisoning at least 10 jobs, 320 jobs, at least for the time being, and they're not permanent jobs. But, you know, if the union were all about all the undrafted free agent rookies, you probably wouldn't try and cut from 90 to 80. You'd be demanding bigger buildings or more trailers. But if you're willing to cut from 90 to 80, where's the priority? The priority are guys who have been in the league like yourself that are still in the league, not the ones trying to make the team, so to speak. So that's part of the equation. And I predict if there is a second and third preseason game, I don't think you'll see many starters. They'll probably treat the second preseason game like the first and the third preseason game like the fourth. And the veteran players are still going to get those times off, just off of the off chance of getting coronavirus, but also injury-wise. It's more of a dress rehearsal dry run-through for the league and the other thing, the reason why I think the league wants to do this is, Ross, if we don't have any preseason games leading up to week one, what will the conversation be? The headlines will be about coronavirus, how the game will look, how it will look differently. It won't be about football. If you have a preseason game two and three, it'll be 
wow, what about Tom Brady and the New Orleans Saints and Drew versus Drew Brees, et cetera? It gets to the conversation about football, and that's what the league is about, so I can understand where each side comes from. You got to check him out on Twitter, at ProFootballDoc. That's Instagram as well. Or go to ProFootballDoc.com. He's got, he does it right. Twitter, Instagram, website, all ProFootballDoc.com. Makes it very easy for you. Dr. David Chow, the perfect guy to have on this week. Thank you so much for your time, as always. You're welcome. Anytime, Ross. Absolutely love talking with Dr. Chow and absolutely love sleeping. You guys may or may not know this. I'm kind of a big napper. I get up early. I probably go to bed at like 1030, get up at 430, maybe. So I, I might get six hours of sleep a night. So then I'll go and I'll get a nap if I can. So I need an awesome mattress. And that mattress now, purple. It's all about the purple grid. They actually sent me a sample of this which I'm giving to my daughter tomorrow for her birthday because it's so squishy. Soft where you want it, firm where you need it, comfortably cool all over. And actually, those are my daughter's favorite gifts, squishies, believe it or not. So that's what I'm giving her. It's like this purple, foamy mattress. You guys got to check it out. Here's what I love about it. They're so confident with what they do that every purple mattress comes with free shipping and returns and a risk-free 100-night trial. That's what it's about. Experience the next evolution of sleep. Go to purple.com slash Ross and use promo code Ross. For a limited time, you'll get $150 off any Purple mattress order of $1,500 or more. That's purple.com slash Ross, promo code Ross, for $150 off any mattress order of 1500 or more terms apply Ducks takes all right ross good morning lots to talk about since we last spoke on friday and let's start with what the redskins and the nfl putting out statements regarding a potential name change in washington right so the redskins said we're gonna we're gonna review it we're, we're gonna do a thorough review of it that came out on friday my take on that when they put out that statement and after what Nike and Pepsi and FedEx have said, and then the NFL put out a statement, I think it's changing. Now, I don't know what it'll be, uh, but I think it's changing. Some people are still skeptical. I, I think it's changing. I really do. Uh, once the Redskins put out that statement and, and, the, and the NFL puts out a statement, I think it's as good as, as, as good as done. I will also mention there's a lot going on with the Redskins, man. I mean – all three or four minority owners, Fred Smith and Rothman and Shar, they're all trying to sell their interest in the team up to 40%, and they're having trouble selling it. So they're going to go with an investment bank now. I mean, that's that's pretty interesting that A, all three minority owners want to sell at the same time. And maybe it's because they feel like the most value is if they package all of their interests together. So someone can buy 40% of it rather than the smaller pieces. My, that my, that's my guess. Those guys are also getting up there in years. So maybe they think now it's their turn to get the return on investment. I don't know. Ducks takes. 
A lot of reports regarding player protocols, like less players in training camp, being fined for conduct detrimental if they go out to eat or take an Uber, and a rendition of the Black National Anthem before all Week 1 games. So I hope that the players understand that these protocols are in place for their safety. Look, it would bother me not to be able to go out to eat I'm assuming they mean inside a restaurant. Maybe they mean it all or to take an Uber. You know, that would be frustrating. But listen, this whole thing's frustrating for all of us. You know, like the other day I was talking about masks. I'm not going to get back into the mask thing, but like, it's just like nobody likes wearing a mask. Nobody's like, hey, this is sweet. I'm going to wear a mask for the rest of my life. I just like it. I just like having no Nobody's like, there's a lot of aspects of this that stink for all of us. We all want it to go back to normal, but it's not for a while. So if you want to get paid a lot of money to play football this year and get all those game checks, then do what they tell you to do. As for the Black National Anthem, right, I got to be honest with you. I got to plead ignorance on this one. I had no idea that there was a Black National Anthem. I'm not exactly sure what it is i'm going to learn more about it now that i read this that they're talking about playing it before all week one games but this was not something i was familiar with until it came out i wasn't familiar with juneteenth either so i guess i'm learning a lot over the last four or five weeks or whatever with everything going on i'm i'm learning a lot and I'm looking forward to learning more about the Black National Anthem. Ducks takes. Some specific player news includes Browns tight end David Njoku requesting a trade through his new rep, Drew Rosenhaus. Right, and I understand this because Njoku, he's got two years up on his contract, but really this is the year for him. And I just think he's a guy that he sees the money that they gave to Austin Hooper. And I think he realizes Austin Hooper is going to be the guy in Cleveland. I mean, he's going to be the number one tight end. Najoku's going to be the second string tight end. And so for him to make real money, you know, over the next couple of years, he needs to go somewhere where he has more opportunity, where he can be the guy where he can catch a lot of balls because they got Odell, they got Landry, they got two running backs, Hooper they're paying. I think Hooper's the highest paid tenant in the league right now. And so that doesn't bode real well for uh, Njoku at all. Not at all. So I, I get it. And I know fans are like, why are you doing this? Because this is his profession. And he realizes he's in a better position if he goes somewhere else and gets more touches better numbers, gets a bigger contract because that's how it works. And look, I get it. I, I don't blame him. I will say this, that Stefanski and the Bra- – Stefanski used a lot of two tight ends with the Vikings last year, and I think he would use a lot of two tight ends in Cleveland. But the Joku wants to go somewhere where he feels like he can be the guy and get most of the touches. So – I think that's totally fair. Speaking of fair, Brian, let's get to an email question. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. 
Email address, ross at rostucker.com. One of the things I love about the show, you can take advantage of any of our sponsors or become a patron, patreon.com slash rtmedia. And you can ask me any question you want on the show, and I'll answer it on our new YouTube channel, on the podcast, everywhere you want. All you have to do is forward me the sponsor confirmation email, ross at rostucker.com. All right. Hey, Ross, I love the show. Keep up the great work. My question relates to anthem protests. I've always thought it was important to stand for the anthem, too, but never connected that specifically to the military. For me, it was always about national pride and appreciation. You've mentioned a few times that you would have never kneeled uh, during the anthem because of your respect for the military. My question is how you came to make that particular connection. Now, I can remember when it was common for people to talk, players to warm up, people to walk around during the anthem. That seemed to have changed when the armed forces began spending heavily on ads and pregame ceremonies at sporting events, and in particular during NFL games. You think that this has influenced your association between the anthem and the military specifically and or influenced others. Thanks again. Go Bills. That is from Rudy, who sent in a sponsor confirmation using the Amazon banner ad from our sponsor page at RossTucker.com. Nice, Rudy. I appreciate that. So it's interesting. A couple things I would say. First of all, I don't ever remember people talking, players warming up during the national anthem. Never. Not when I was playing, not when I went to games before that. I don't know what you're referring to, Rudy, but I don't ever remember people talking or players warming up during the national anthem. So I don't really know where that part of it comes from. I would agree that it's always been about national pride and appreciation. I think perhaps because my mom was an Army brat and my grandfather made his career as a captain in the U.S. Army, that maybe that's part of the tie-in for me with the military. But I guess when I think national pride and appreciation i think of the military like that's that's a big part of what i'm proud of is the society that we live in usually the country that we live in the freedoms that we have and the men that and women that sacrificed to give us those freedoms so i guess i would i would turn it back to you rudy and say I think it's we I think it's a little difficult to think about national pride and appreciation and not think of military. Not have national pride and appreciation be associated with the military at all. Your point about uh the armed forces spending and the pregame ceremonies, yeah, maybe a little bit. I don't know. I don't know if that's conscious or subconscious. I'm sure like anything else in life. Over time, it certainly reinforced it. But I don't know. That's kind of what I've always thought of when I saw the flag. Anytime I've ever seen the flag, I think of our country and I think of our our armed forces. So that's an interesting question. A very, very interesting perspective. You obviously, I, I guess it sounds like, grew up differently than I did. But Appreciate appreciate the question. Thank you. Shout-outs to Pizza Boy Brewing and DynastyFreaks.com. 
They are the I think we're done here members of patreon.com slash RT media. Great way to join the crew, and that's a great way to get shout outs for your business. How about another one? Pizza Boy Brewing, DynastyFreaks.com, just because I'm a nice guy. Love those of you that rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. We'll count that this week for a sponsor confirmation. So if you just want to rate and review the show, forward the screenshot to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. A, you're entered to win at the end of the week, and B, you can ask me any question you would like. We are talking quarterbacks on today's College Draft Podcast. Spit it out, Ross. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance from North Dakota State, Sam Ellinger. Who are the top quarterbacks for next year's draft? You're not going to want to miss Matt Wallman talking about the top signal callers for next year on today's College Draft Podcast. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.